Welcome to A Ghost Stories. I'm Gabby, and I'm alone today. I don't have Kim with me because we're doing another mini-sode. So today it's actually going to be a really cool episode of a location that I'm super excited to talk about. It's not super well-known. It's actually called the Georgetown Castle, and I have a little bit that I wanted to tell you about, so let's get started. Georgetown as a whole has a haunting reputation, if you didn't know. There are stories of people who died at the nearby King County Hospital in Georgetown, which operated from 1890 until about 1956 and was demolished shortly after it closed. There are also rumors of crash victims from a nearby Boeing field roaming the neighborhood. And who could forget a good old-fashioned ancient Native American burial ground? All of Georgetown actually sits on top of one, and it was dug up when the nearby river was actually rerouted. Chief Seattle even warned settlers of the shadowy returning Duwamish spirits at one point. So take all those stories and put the Georgetown castle at the center of all of it, ripe for ghost story picking. There's a home on Charlton Avenue South in the unsuspecting neighborhood of Georgetown that stands out in comparison to others. Among one and two-story homes, this ominous three-story Queen Anne-style castle just doesn't fit in. I wouldn't exactly describe it as cheery either, as it has a bit of a tragic past. Even during daylight, its ominous aura is present its overwrought architecture is complemented by its lush gardens in the front yard. It is opulent with an eruption of gables, bays, and dormers topped by a round turret with a soaring ceilings, nine bedrooms, and a wraparound porch. The home was designed by Peter Gessner in 1902 in what was then Seattle's red light district. Georgetown was considered the quote-unquote Wild West of the area at the time and officially joined Seattle in 1910. But unfortunately, Gessner didn't make it that far. Gessner was the prosperous owner of the Central Tavern in Pioneer Square, where he profited off girls, booze, and gambling. He built the mansion for his wife, Lizzie, originally, and eventually ran a brothel and gambling saloon out of the house. But Lizzie didn't wait long to start an affair with the manager of the chicken farm that Gessner owned, and she did so before the house was even finished, leaving Gessner with a completely empty house. Around the same time, police got word of the illegal shenanigans at Central Tavern, and Gessner moved his brothel and gambling businesses over to the mansion. Meanwhile, Lizzie was rumored to have had an abortion and was recovering at the chicken farm but there's actually no evidence as to who the father was. It's said that the second floor is actually haunted by Gessner himself, who only lasted a year after moving into the castle. In July of 1903, he died by suicide by drinking carbolic acid in his second floor bedroom. That's super rough. Most newspaper reports described him as a lovelorn suicide, but noted, quote, suspicious circumstances. Gessner's friends even wanted an investigation to take place due to the air of potentially shady shit, but the coroner finally shot them down. Lizzie Gessner and her chicken farmer were married shortly thereafter and moved into her first husband's cherished castle. 
That's just asking to be haunted, right? The castle later was home to a gentleman's club, speakeasy, brothel, and boarding house for Boeing workers. But there's another story that developed throughout the years. Allegedly, Peter Gessner had a daughter-in-law or sister-in-law, depends on who you hear it from, named Sarah, who found her way to the mansion and stayed there for a short while. Rumor has it that the man of the house impregnated Sarah. However, her consent was unknown. When the baby was born, the man threw it out of the upstairs window and buried it under the porch. At this point, Sarah went insane and was locked in the upstairs tower, later dying there, but she never left. Based on the timeline and documented history, we don't know if this is a true story or if it's lore, or if this man is Gessner or the chicken farmer or a John. But either way, apparently the spirit of Sarah lives on, grieving the loss of her child. Some say that they hear newborn baby cries coming from the garden late at night as well. In another version of the story, others say this person's name is Mary and that she was actually a prostitute shot by her abusive pimp. Some say her spirit has long red hair and wears a white nightgown, mm, surprise, surprise, or long flowing hair and black eyes. Since then, the house has decayed over the decades, but remained a rooming house with deadbolts on every bedroom door, which is so comforting. In the 1970s, occupants Ray McWade and Peter Peterson discovered a walled-off tiny room upstairs with an unnaturally frigid, quote, cold spot. This sounds spooky, but could potentially be because it was a confined space in a cold environment, but also finding a walled-off room is just weird, right? They would also constantly hear what sounded like vicious brawls upstairs when no one else was home which is slightly concerning. Allegedly, McWade and Peterson both saw the apparition of an elderly woman with coal black eyes and a long white dress clutching her throat with one hand and reaching out to them with the other. A portrait of a sinister looking man, apparently her murderer, floated behind her. Peterson was compelled to paint her portrait, and one time an elderly woman stopped by and said it looked just like her great-aunt Sarah, who met a bad end there. Hmm, this all seems very Disneyland Haunted Mansion, but maybe it's the real thing? We'll never know. You decide. On another note, Peterson found a dead cat on the front porch steps, which, as you know, rumored to house that buried baby. And he threw that cat away. The next morning, the dead cat was there again in the same spot. This could obviously be someone playing a prank, but again, evidence? Evidence. We don't know. It's said that tenants of recent years were made to sign a release statement, making them aware of the mysterious voices that they'd hear. That's a little concerning, there is a rumor that one of the tenants was so terribly affected by the voices in the house that it drove him to jump off the Aurora Bridge, which, with 230 documented deaths, is the second deadliest suicide bridge in the United States. In 2004, Linda Bazan and her son bought and revived the home, not knowing what they were getting themselves into. However, They've done an incredible job of unearthing the glory of the mansion and have taken residence there. 
They were actually featured in an episode of the world's most terrifying places where Linda showcases her bedroom as Gessner's own room where he took his life with that acid, which is real crazy. Since Bazan and her son have restored most of the home, it's been less active. She likes to think it's because its occupants are pleased with what they've done with the home and can finally be at rest. The Georgetown Castle is still a location that you can drive by and admire, but please do not disturb the residents, whether they're dead or alive. Thank you so much for listening to A Ghost Stories. If you're curious about a ghost stories and want to check out our website, go to a ghoststoriespodcast.com. If you want to hear more about our group, a ghost, go to a ghost.com. If you'd like to go on a spooky ghost tour, check out Spooked in Seattle at spookedinseattle.com. Book your ghost tour now. It's Halloween time. We want to get all the spooks in. Go there, check it out. We've got some great stories for you there. Additionally, follow us on Instagram at a ghost stories and say hi. We're also on Facebook as a ghost stories podcast, all one word. If you have any paranormal stories uh, of your own that you want to share with us and would like us to read on a future episode, let us know. Um, email us at a ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, and follow us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's extremely helpful on Apple Podcasts. But Wherever you listen to podcasts is great. We are easily available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Transistor, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to them, you can find us. But if you like this episode, please rate and review. Also, we're so excited to get our new podcast started. We don't really have anything up for it yet. We do have a website, which is ghoulishtendencies.com and ghoulishtendencies podcast on Instagram. So that will be starting in November. So stay tuned. You'll hear more about that soon. And uh, thanks for listening. Stay spooky, Seattle. Um.